If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Welcome to the Completely Unnecessary Podcast for Tuesday, January 21st, 2020. That's Ian Ferguson. It's me. In a sick state. Mm-hmm. I'm Pat Contry, mentally sick. On the show today, we'll be talking about Smash Brothers, direct DLC news, Cooley Skunk discovered and dumped, an N64 prototype screen for controller resurfaces. A couple other topics. Our pal Ninja in the news, maybe, uh, and a Patreon poll topic. We've got some announcements to do first. Uh, bef- uh, up top, we got enamel pins for sale at ultimatenintendo.com. They're nice. Me and Ian are cute as cartoons, right? Our faces on your bag or clothing. Or or lapel. Lapel. It's a big lapel pin. <laughs> it's a big la- it's those, a, it's, are, those are big pins. It's a sturdy pin. It's like an inch three quarters to two inches big. Uh, more importantly, for the first time publicly, we're going to have for sale, not at an event, the limited uh, CU podcast shirt. Go to ultimatenintendo.com there, available in your in your, your uh, standard sizes, uh, small up to double XL there. Ian, you're excited about the shirt, right? I'm very excited. This is nice, it's a nice, clean shirt. I'm very excited that this limited shirt is not so limited anymore. Yeah, before we just sold out a couple events, but it's like, you know what? We should start making our money back by actually selling online as well. Not a bad idea. Not a bad idea for Pat to get off his butt and put it on the website. What's not on the website yet, Ian, but will be soon, is the Not For Resale Video Game Store documentary. Whoa, hey. Blu-ray. Huh? Whoa, hey. Ian's got his uh, Blu-ray. He's embargoed right now, though. I am embargoed. Because uh, we have to get it on the Amazon listing up. And then it'll also be... Locked for... in by ships. It'll also be... <laughs> It's a surrounding surrounding your apartment, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then it'll be up on Amazon, hopefully soon. We're also trying to get it on Vimeo as well, and maybe Good Old Games since they have a curated little uh, movie section, all video game related. So that'd be cute too. And the bigger announcement right now, besides that, besides I could, you know, maybe start making uh, some my investment back <laughs> at some point, will be that it will be screening at PAX East. That's good news. And Paxi's this year is February 27th to March 1st. So it, it will be screening um, Friday night at 8 p.m., I believe. It's like prime time. And I don't know exactly where it's screening. But it's screening at Paxi's. That's exciting, right? Mm, it is. I have, I have a lot of Dayquil in me. <laughs> okay, let me show you. <laughs> You're like how I was at, at Portland, except you can speak and I couldn't speak at Portland. Mm, yes. I should have been hospitalized at PRG. <laughs> I, was, I was barely hanging on for... Your life there. I had a uh, weird, real quick. I had a weird dream. I've been having lots of weird dreams the past. I want to say like two months. Very vivid, weird Pat dreams. That uh, there's usually arcs to my dreams. That when they're weird, they're like uh, there's like beginning, middle, ends. Before I wake up, obviously, or if I know I'm dreaming and feel weirded out by it, then I wake myself up. You ever wake yourself up from a dream? It's a skill. Yeah, you I can do it. I have. I I've been having a lot of weird dreams because of Nyquil. Lately, okay. uh, Nyquil. Should I put a barrier right here, like just like NyQuil gives me oh, very, very 
very specifically weird dreams. Um, and I had one. They're drugged. And I had one the other day. I had a very weird dream the other day that uh, I watched a hotel materialize in front of me. Uh, I was in New York uh, with someone. I don't know who the person is. Okay. And then when I went to go into the hotel, the hotel looked sort of like the interior of Kowloon Walled City. Okay. Uh, nice Bloodsport throwback reference. However, all of the like rooms were normal hotel rooms once you got inside of them. And in the dream, the person, who I don't know, I don't know who it was, got me to do a lot of drugs that I haven't done in a long time, uh, including ecstasy. And I remember waking up from the dream very, very shook because for a second in the dream, it actually felt like I was on ecstasy again. It was very weird. You came out of the dream with that feeling like, oh, my God. Yeah, and I was like, whoa. And it, obviously, it faded extraordinarily fast because I wasn't on anything other than, you know, the very, very potent NyQuil. But yeah, you, know, no. you have that nice cold sweat from dreams? I used to get those a lot. Yeah, yeah, it was bizarre. Um, real quick, my, my dream then. Uh, speak, speaking of hotel, I might as well bring this up. I've been, you know, I, I'm all about the Netflix document, like docu-series. Mm-hmm. I'm all about them. That's what I've been watching. They're fascinating. <coughs> Humans are weird and screwed up and... Uh, you know, truth is stranger than fiction. So I watched the. Uh, it was a, actually it was a movie. It was like a ninety minute movie. It's called Voyeur. It was about a guy that opened up a Colorado hotel in the seventies and specifically built a catwalk hidden with vents above the beds in each room so he can spy on people. Mm, that's neat. And um, he did it for like decades, like twenty years, and he kept what was creepier about it that he kept like written notes, like he thought he was like a researcher keeping notes about who was who was in what room. Um, you know, who was having sex, what they were doing, things like that. And um, the guy's still alive. They tore down the hotel. And then it, a book was written about it by a famous author. I forget his name. Um, and then it fa- found out he might have been twisting some of the truth and the dates. So... Really? The, a creepy guy who's spying yeah, on people well, might not be completely well, honest the, about what he saw? Well, the author... But no, the author went there, though. He saw it. Like he saw the, the the cat, like it was there. Oh, I so believe it. Was doing it. I'm just but saying. The guy twisted it so, like, before the book came out, he got so pissed because he found that it was sold the hotel. So then he said he disavowed his own book right when it was coming out, but he shouldn't have because the the guy said, "Yeah, I did sell it, but I still use it. I had a key to it to still use it." So it was one of those weird situations where really creepy and weird, fascinating story, uh, sort of a human tale too, because the guy's guy is like not overtly like this big creep when you look at him he seems, he seems like a normal guy but deep down he's still like a sociopath uh kind of but he has a loving wife and um yeah check it out it's voyeur on, on netflix very fascinating it's like 85 minutes it's it's uh it's a it's a quick little romp just like not for resale not for resale is under 90 minutes as well we try to keep that buddy short there uh oh real, real quick my dream um no no uh no uh, illicit drugs involved uh, but uh, illicit gun running involved in my dream. So my dream started, there was like three waves to the dream. The first wave was playing poker with like seven, eight people, and I was doing okay. And I've been playing poker once a month at a local place, and I finally won the last time. I was like, I broke even the first three times, which is like impossible. And then the fourth time, I finally won. I, I doubled my money, basically, which is a good day for poker. Um, and then, so in my dream, I'm playing poker, and then it didn't go my way, and then something happened with the cards. Somehow I run and get the cards. Then someone across the room, a couple of women and a guy put on a porno on a TV, but it was like a porno from the 70s. So it was like it was like a weird VHS tape. Flash forward to the third part of my dream where I'm like 
in this weird seedy like motel apartment sort of place where people live and I find an Uzi on the ground mm-hmm. old school 80s Uzi full Uzi right and I like this is cool I should pick this up and walk with this through the neighborhood what could be bad about that I pick up the Uzi and then I think someone that's looking for hey what happened to my Uzi but I was like I just walked away so I'm walking down the street and then I realize what if I see a cop and I got this big Uzi and it has like the stock on the back too so it's like a you know, it's not just a. How am I gonna like fit this down my pants? So I try to like stuff it in my sweat my sweatpants. I think I had on didn't work. It's gigantic. Did you blow your balls off? No, I didn't. I should have at least you know a, a, a responsible gun owning Pat would have like at least taken the clip out of the Uzi. Would have checked responsibly uh, there, but I didn't. So um, so then I, I'm like then you're high on seventies porno. I don't know what was going on in the stream. This is this is like my weird. Uh, I, I only took like a little, like not even a nibble of a CBD gummy too. So I don't, that's not even an excuse. Before I went to bed, I, I was just out of it from yoga. I think. Oh, I, I instructed my first yoga class last night. By the way, it was impromptu. It was cool. Anyway, so flash forward to um, a grandma, her like younger sister or daughter, and the granddaughters picking me up in a car. Think like an old like Lincoln Continental type of car. Mm-hmm. And then I'm in the back seat. I don't know how I ended up in the car, but I'm in the back seat with the granddaughters on both sides of me. And then grandma driving, and I guess the the mom on the right side. There's like five of us. We're driving along, and then all of a sudden it turns into like a fucking Sopranos episode. All of a sudden I'm like, we're driving along. I'm like, why are we driving into the woods? Like, why are we not? We're like going off the beaten path. I'm like, what's going on? Then I think I realized they were after me for stealing the Uzi. I think. I think in my dream. I think that's what they were after me. They wanted to kill me in this dream. So then I can't get the Uzi out, but I somehow then all of a sudden have a revolver on me, like a small, like, snub nose revolver, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, I'll play this game. So I just put it up to the back of Grandma's head and say, you're going to let me off right now. Right now, you're going to let me out of the car. I don't think they knew I had another gun on me. I don't know. It was weird. And then, the, so then the two granddaughters start just going nuts. They're like, oh no. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to shoot you unless you let me, you got to let me out. Then you know. Then they let me out at like a convenience store, and that was like where I kind of woke up. So that was my weird dream. Whoa, whoa, hey! Smash Brothers announced uh, just a couple days. Was that ago. not an interesting story? It was <laughs> something. <laughs> Please don't get germs on my aeroblaster. I mean, it's going to happen. Uh, there was a Smash Direct. Uh, we'll just touch on it quickly. Uh, a few days ago, I'm not going to touch you. You're sick. And. Uh, uh, they announced the fifth DLC character. Uh, a lot of people thought that it was going to be uh, Dante from Devil May Cry because there was they were teasing a Capcom some sort of announcement of something. There were there were there were enough clues to make people think that that maybe might be one. <clears throat> but then again, people are really good at finding clues that aren't that, there that, that yeah. fit their theories. However, I was relatively convinced that it was going to be Dante from Devil May Cry. So uh, they did the direct, and lots of people, depending on where you you live, woke up early to watch it. And they it was a long it was a long direct too, right? Thirty eight minutes, I believe. Okay. And uh, the big reveal, big 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 reveal was Byleth from who's that? Fire Emblem. It's the main player character, I believe, from the most recent Fire Emblem. I don't know. Three Houses. Fire Emblem. Uh, look, here's here's the deal. I don't play a lot of Fire Emblem. Here's I the like thing. I like Fire Emblem. I think it's a fun game. It's it's a, it's a fun game. Uh, this is the eighth Fire Emblem character. I was gonna say sixth. Eighth. I know there's a lot. Eighth. Eighth. 
This is the eighth Fire Emblem character in the game. All I know is they all have fucking swords, usually, right? They all have swords. <laughs> they all look similar. Look, now, I realize as a person who's not huge into Fire Emblem as much as other people are, that it's easy to go, all these characters are the same. I'm sure they're not. I'm sure they all have interesting <laughs> stories and backgrounds and personalities. They're all fighting demons and uh, wizards? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Maybe some dragons. Maybe maybe yeah, emblems, dragons. Maybe emblems of fire. Uh, <laughs> but and, and honestly, in a roster that is what seventy something strong now, eighty something strong. Ridiculous. It's not that huge of a deal. But with I, I, I do feel like it, I, I can't get that upset about it. There's so many characters in it that I like. But I do feel like it's kind of it was kind of a blown opportunity for the 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 last slot in the first. Um, pass, and it kind of goes against what the other expanded characters have been. They've all been from, um, they've all been from outside of Nintendo. Yeah, Persona, Joker. Right? Yeah, right. You had Persona. Uh, you had uh, Dragon Quest, uh, Banjo Kazooie, King of Fighters, and then back to fucking Fire Emblem. Well, what's interesting is that when you said there was eight, I'm like, okay, that's ten percent of the roster. If there's about eighty, that's a lot. For one game, for a, it is. And, and, for, well, and for a game title that isn't as ubiquitous here as like a lot of the other titles, and that's the other thing. You like know. I, I like I said, I can't be that upset because it's very popular. Sure, just because it's not popular with me doesn't mean it's not popular with everyone else or other people or in other parts of the world. Um, Mario is heavily represented. Zelda is heavily represented. Mm-hmm. Nintendo wants. Fire Emblem to be one of their big franchises. So I get it. They want it to be like their like Final Fantasy-esque sort of thing. Unfortunately, because of the nature of the game, it makes the characters, at least from an aesthetic viewpoint, look very samey. And they all have like right swords but, and stuff like that. This character especially was kind of a little bit of a bummer to me because the way this character looks like it's going to play with its ability to change weapons and stuff, it would have been a perfect fit for another character people had uh, speculated could be coming, and that's um, a Monster Hunter okay. uh, from Capcom. Because in the Monster Hunter games, there's, I don't even know, the, more than, tw- I think, at least 12 weapons. And I like Monster Hunter. I only use one weapon set, though. Um, there's like it, m- there's tons of different weapons, so they could have easily adapted this moveset to something like a Monster Hunter character, given it a couple of different costumes so that it looked like different armor sets for Monster Hunter. I think that would have been more exciting to people. Um, Especially with another fighter pass coming out, six more, you know, characters. uh, It's not that big of a deal. Although I think for the, you know, just... uh, You know, with it being the last entry in this fighter pass, I feel like if you really wanted to do another Fire Emblem character, you could have shoved it in the middle of the second fighter pass somewhere. I think think the... The strange thing about Fire Emblem, as little as I know, is that there's different, like, chronologies and, like, there's different... Each game is not just a sequel to the next, so you have different guys that show up, there's different stories told. But there's also... So, yeah, but there's things that link between them, too. Sure, but it's still not like... You're not going to have the same character appear in, like, ten games in a row. Sure. There's going to be different characters that show up and disappear. So Nintendo, I don't think, has done well ever to, like, market series like that, because that's not their bread and butter. Their, their bread and butter is, let's have the same guys appear over and over again. So for something like me, that's how I, I can't get into it, because I wouldn't know where to start. I just wouldn't know, since there's been, like, according to this, there's been, like, thir- like 13 17, games. I think, Seven- I think there's 17 entries. There's a lot of games. It was interesting to f- learn about them during the, the, the guidebook, just because it's like, oh, like, on the Super Famicom, there was, like, five games. It's like, oh, holy shit. 
You know, like so they, they, they obviously in Japan it was huge, but they didn't come out here right. on the Super Nintendo, so you didn't have a chance to learn. So I understand that some people were confused. The funniest thing was the compilation video that someone uh, had, where they it was all the videos of people. I guess they get up early in the morning. I'm not trying to judge you, and they go to the Nintendo store in, in New York to watch it on the big screen. Sure, and they had the reactions to all these new DLC characters one in a row, and people were going nuts until this character was like. All right, let's pack it up and go home. Like they, it was really yeah. like, really didn't really well, hit the same sort of marks as the other characters, at least to the people there. There's two other things I would say about it. Um, one, um, Nintendo has to market their stuff, and uh, putting the this character in as DLC now kind of makes sense. Uh, there's going to be DLC for Fire Emblem. They want this game to become big. They want it to be as big as it is elsewhere, everywhere. I don't know that it's going to be as big, ever as big here as it, as it is in Japan. Um, two, uh, Sakurai loves the Fire Emblem games. You think? Yes, he does. Well, he, puts, he puts eight characters And <laughs> from what I understand, you know, Nintendo, from, this, my understanding is <laughs> Nintendo basically okayed a list of potential DLC characters and he's been picking from them. Gotcha. And he gets kind of like the final say on it. And uh, that guy's been working his ass off. So if, uh, he okay. wa- if he wants to add another Fire Emblem character in a roster of something like fucking 85 characters or whatever it is, and we've got six more coming out, more power to There's him. There's six more coming out? There's six more characters coming out. That's what I just said. Um, there's six more. Yeah. The, the, How tiny is that? Is the roster screen going to be when you're squinting to pick your character? Yeah, uh, from from now until December <laughs> 2020, they're doing six more characters. And initially, it was supposed to be five. I think maybe the six was kind of like, okay, okay, we're going to give you that other Fire Emblem well, character, but at least you get six. And then I was like, oh, we can just keep making sure. money here. We can <laughs> we can just add a thousand characters to this game. So, um, you know what? Fine. I mean, if, if if the guy who's making the game that everyone loves is happy, then then I'm I'm happy too. Like I said, I've got tons of cool characters I can pick okay. from. So yeah, I mean, uh, Marth, Ike, Lucina, Byleth, Crom, Palatina. That's not that's, that's not Fire Emblem. Fire Emblem. Uh, that's kidding. Ellie Wood, Shulk. Is that Fire Emblem? No. I'm just looking at this list on. It's wrong. Then Roy, Lindis. Are these are these even characters? I don't know. I'm just, I just did a, stop reading. I did it. I did fire of them smash characters. That's the first thing that came up. I guess it's wrong. The images. I got some of them right. Okay. More importantly, though, or not more importantly, the little cuphead skin was it? Oh yeah, yeah, that'll be cool. not its own character. Right? It's just a skin for the it's just the, it's for the, the, me, the, the me, me shooter. Yeah, me uh, shooter. That's that's cute, it right? Is. I guess this is an alternate thing. You have to buy that too, then, or buy the DLC. Yeah, thing, I, I believe you have to buy the costumes. Yes, that was kind of surprising to see, right? Yeah, it was nice. So. It's yeah, a nice I, nod to a good game. So don't be, you know, I, I think if you want to get up five in the morning and go to a Nintendo store and watch, that's, that's well. The fair interesting enough. thing I, is, uh, I I don't actually see people being too salty about this. I haven't seen that many people like very very upset. Like, like how some people were upset with Terry being announced, which was insane. People not knowing. Come who on, Terry. Ter- is. Come on, Terry's. Come on, people. Um, Terry's Terry. I mean, I'm an SNK fanboy, but. Um, no, the, the response to this one hasn't. I haven't even seen like a lot of anger. I've just seen a lot of deflation, just a lot of. They're just like, okay. all right, okay. Well, we'll be back but, in two months. But if they do another Fire Emblem character, people will flip their shit. I, think, at this I point. don't think they will. I think they'll be like, you know, well, well because it's first party, they kind of give it. Okay, it's like, uh, okay. I, it, I still, I still think Dante is 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 a is a potential choice, but at this point, I think Dante is another sword boy. Sword boy, I like that. Sword boy with spiky hair. 
Uh, like sword boy. I, 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 I mean, spiky we, hair. What I want to see for sword what boy. I want to see at least a couple of in this fighter pass is interesting characters that don't use normal fighting conventions. Get, like I'll never use them, but like give me another banjo kazooie, uh, banjo kazooie, another piranha plant. Like do something like duck, that. Duck hunt dog. Right. Something weird. Um, all of the characters. Danny Sullivan. All of the characters that they've released for this fighter pass, with the exception of um, Banjo Kazooie, have been characters that I, I think it's it's easy to see them work as um, fighting er, as, as characters in a fighting game. You have Terry, who's from a fucking fighting game. You have uh, Sword Friend. Uh, sword. You have sword, like uh, sword you have Akira Toriyama's Sword Friend, um, and then you have a uh, friend with uh, what is what is what the fuck does Joker use? I don't know. Does he have a gun, Joker. Uh no, gun would have been gun would have been Persona Three. I don't fucking know. Maybe, whatever. He's got a nice suit though. Give me uh, give me Big the Cat from Sonic the Hedgehog. No, we've already got someone who attacks the fishing pole. I would oh love, yeah, I would love Big the Cat though. I don't know who Big the Cat is. You know who fucking Big the Cat is? No. What, oh, what, what, Big the Cat is the best. What Sonic game was that? Uh, Sonic Adventure. Oh, Big the Cat. Oh. Big the I cat. love Big the Cat. Is it, is it a boss? No, Big the Cat's your friend. He's got a frog friend. You have to you have to fish the frog out of the pool. He's purple and scary. He's great. I love Big. It looks like it looks like Eggman. He's shaped like Eggman. Oh, Big the Cat. It's kind of scary looking. I love him. He's got a got a large cho- large torso. Froggy? Doesn't look like a cat. Looks like a, looks like a, looks like Big the Cat. He looks like a jackrabbit. Ian. He's so good. It doesn't look like a cat at all. Big is so good. Okay, he's a cute, he's and a cuddly. good boy. Maybe he's gonna be in the movie for a second. Would you be Ew, excited? I would be really that's excited. Sonic, that Sonic movie comes out in a couple months, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm gonna go see. It comes out on Valentine's Day. What do you think, Vani and I are doing? I haven't seen any marketing for you. Is it really on Valentine's Day? Yeah. <laughs> that's also Spike's birthday. It really is it. Valentine. That's the day that February. Ronnie found him, and he was like a tiny little bean. Aww. So he, we just February fourteenth. Yeah. Oh. So okay. We'll, we'll probably go. Uh, we'll probably if, if if there's a midnight showing, we'll go on the thirteenth, and then uh, I'll probably order a Bocce's pizza from Buffalo, New York, and we'll celebrate Spike's birthday on Valentine's. Day. How much is a pizza from Buffalo? Uh, I think it's like seventy bucks. Seventy bucks shipped. Yeah. What if you order two? Like twenty bucks. Actually, uh, that's what I've started doing now. You start ordering the party size because you get it. You get like. The pizza comes cut in half, stacked. If you order the so it's too high. If you order, uh, I've been too high before. If you order the party size, it's three high. You get an extra third, and oh. uh, it only adds like. Well, why don't you talk to Pat next time? We can go. We can like go. I don't and- share this pizza with anyone but who I'm married to. Wow. Yeah. After I bought you long long pizza for your birthday, Ian. Okay. I see how it is. That pizza was excellent, by the way. It was a good pizza. I have I, that's I can't. I, it spoils me. East Coast pizza. I'm sorry. But even that was better. When I went to Pennsylvania, I had an Italian pizzeria. It was not as good as that Long Island pizza. It just wasn't. Mm. The further west you go, the shittier the pizza gets. I mean, it's it's just a gradient. That's how it works. All right, real quick as well. GameStop did not do well in the fourth quarter. No, they did not. No, they did not. We will probably meeting talked. We talk offline, mm. and we discussed how it'd be bigger news when the fiscal year report comes up, probably in the March, early April. You know about how bad it was. Uh, their 2019 because the 18 was bad. The 18 they lost <laughs> hundreds of millions of dollars. We mentioned it in a certain documentary, not for resale, but um, they dropped revenue dropped 27.5 percent in the fourth quarter of 2019 compared to the fourth quarter 2018. 
25%. You may think that's, oh, that's not horrible. But you do the most business in the fourth quarter in the year. So that's, that's, that's monumentally bad. And if they took a big loss in 2018 and 25% less for one of their most important quarters, it's going to be another loss. It's just how bad is it going to be? I know they sold off parts of their businesses, like their mobile phone stuff. I think that they sold off or got out of, I, I believe. But um, it's not looking good. It's not looking good. Um, yeah. So the, the actual revenue for the nine-week season was uh, $1.38 billion of revenue. So that means 20... Wow. So that means Pat Math, Ian. That means they did about, well, what was that, uh, $2.4, $2.5 billion in 2018. So they dropped $700 million uh, in one quarter from your next. That's insane. Oh, Boise. Boise. They probably have a couple of Remember Oh, Boise's? No. You don't remember the Keebler potato Keebler, Oh, yes. Keebler had two brands of potato chips in the 90s. Oh, Boise's and Pizzeria's. I do. Now, I do remember the Oh, Boise's. I don't remember them being good at all. They tasted like cardboard. I I, yeah, I did not like them. They the pizza, tasted, it was different. It, they were like potato skins almost, right? Well, they wanted them to be like, yeah, these taste like the real potato, but it didn't. And they tasted kind of like shit. <clears throat> okay, so speaking of uh, shit, uh, the GameStop see No, George is a nice guy from AutoZone. George Sherman uh, said the company had expected a challenging sales environment over the holidays thanks to the end of the current generation of consoles. He said our customers continue to delay purchases ahead of anticipated console launches in late 2020. You think they're delaying purchases of games? There's still games to buy. It's just, you know, obviously your console sales will be down. You can't sell a lot more PlayStations. He's talking out of his asshole. You think so? Mm-hmm. He's trying to ease people, ease their minds. So I, I think you're looking at a situation here where obviously if, if GameStop stores are still all, there'll be GameStop around in a year it's just how many will be around next next Christmas, because we know they're going to be closing a lot this spring, they already pre-announced that just how many are they going to close um, they're going to bounce back maybe somewhat but they're still not going to hit the point even probably where they were at two years ago, even with two new consoles I don't see that happening, I just don't I think people just pre-order from Amazon um, even Target go to Walmart and get the consoles. I just see it. Well, I don't think there's a huge profit margin for them on consoles either. That that too. Right? <clears throat> I mean, there's not a huge one on new games. I mean, that that's uh, why they rely so heavily on used games. That's why all game shops rely heavily on used games. There's like no good profit margin on that stuff. So, uh, you know, I mean, if the launch lineup for say the, well, I mean, with the Xbox, there's no real launch lineup because you can just get that shit on your fucking <laughs> Xbox really, One. I don't remember that conversation. I don't no, either. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I don't... Even if they move a bunch of systems, I don't see them making a lot of money from games because these launch lineups have been smaller and smaller. I, 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 I don't see them having a good year, even with the systems. Um, he, Nintendo did well for them. Uh, he said... Or management said via GameSpot, we continue to see growth in the Nintendo Switch platform. Yeah, it's almost three years, uh, which supports our view that our sales will strengthen as new consoles and innovative technology are introduced. Well, that doesn't make any sense because it's been out for almost three years. It's not a new console. You can say, yeah, the Switch Lite probably got them some new sales, but you know, come on, it's it's just that you had something fresh and new and it's kiddie-ish and people wanted to get the Switch. Well, honestly, you know. I'd see them making more money off of something like a Switch Lite because by that point, there's already a large um, 
library of used games for them to sell, which is where they make more of their money. There you go. So I think that they would actually probably see a, a bigger bump in profit from something like a, a an incremental upgrade like the Switch Lite than they probably will from something like a, a PlayStation 5. They can sell some used I don't Mario know. Odysseys laying around. Right. Who would resell Odyssey? I still have to finish that game. I'm like, it's a great game. Like two There's this through. weird fucking, like, I don't know. There's this like weird trend now of people saying that Mario Odyssey wasn't a good game. And Mario, what? Mario Odyssey is fucking fantastic. Uh, it's not like overly challenging, but man, is it a fun game to just walk around in. So Switch hit over 40 million worldwide, it looks like. Wow, okay. They're, they might end up about 50. 50. Oh, wait, that's really fucking good if Switch hits 50. I thought about it, it hit about 40. So we're about there now. It's going to do about 50, you know. I'm not. I'm not in the industry. I'm not one of those guys that makes you know predictions about you know consoles. But it's about where I thought it would be right now. Cool. And that probably includes they probably bundle in the Switch Lite with that as well. And you're gonna have the Super Switch, which will probably sell another 10 million, 15 million on top of that. So yeah, it's gonna probably be 50 to 60 million. Wow. Wow, that's a good rebound after selling what 12 million Wii U's. Holy crap. I think it was like 10.3 million that's in the U.S. F- or even. Maybe Yikes. worldwide. I think that was maybe worldwide. Uh, you put them on Xboxes, Nintendo games. Uh, okay, there you go. Uh, let's see. And then finally, sadly for its many employees, the company will be closing 100 to 80 to 200 underperforming stores by February. It's going to be more than that um, later on in the year, including sites in the US, Australia, and the EU to make up for the low sales. Meanwhile, the company's stock market values have plummeted to an all time low. I know people uh, four months ago were like, hey, Pat, that guy who shorted all the, the real estate stocks in the in the 2000s, said it's it's you should buy that stock. It's going to go back up. You don't think he's playing a game? Maybe he's shorting GameStop as well. When people come out in the news, and say it's stuff, all about the game and how you play it. Well, I mean, it's, 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 it's the same thing with Bitcoin. People lost their shirts on Bitcoin. People say, "Oh, it's going to be worth all this money." And while and then they they shorted it, they bought it to pump it, and then they dumped it when it got high. People play all these games with stocks. It's ridiculous. Triple H. S- stay away from uh, crypto. The game. The game. You see his insult uh, page last week was kind of gross. No, no, I don't care. I think he apologized for it. Wrestling is just the fucking absolute shit. It's just a shit. I tried watching Raw last night. I think the problem is, is that I just can't. No one has any characters, and all the characters are just so bland that I'm just like, nothing is interesting. Like, they're just not interesting. Take me back to like 2000 era Torimon, and I'll talk. Take me back to 87, <laughs> where every character was larger than life, and just you take know. me back to old DDT and. I never watch old DDT stuff. All right, here we go, Ian. Moving on. Good preservation, I, man. I'm like, I'm, I'm all like, uh, I'm all excited. I'm all game preservation is 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 at an all time high. Pet's all excited, and he's all game preservation. That's what he says, baby. And uh, Cooley Skunk, <laughs> Cooley Skunk has been uh, so. Cooley Skunk was a game that was in. Indiv- I'm gonna try my best here. <clears throat> The cold meds are doing a good job of keeping my head soupy. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to get some of this wrong because this is a, a twisty tale. I like, uh, I like Ian's g- gamey time tales. Cooley Skunk was originally in development for the Super Nintendo. Then things happened with the market <clears throat> and uh, they decided to put it on the PlayStation. It did come here as Punky Skunk. Okay. Um, came here as Punky Skunk on the PlayStation, and it was released in Japan as Coolie Skunk. Uh, but there was, at one point in time, it was, this is where it gets confusing, it was 
canceled, but then also brought back up to be uh, released at some point in the U.S. on Super Nintendo because they thought the Super Nintendo was still doing well here. This was before the PlayStation was released. Um, <clears throat> but it was canceled. So <clears throat> they thought it was lost. They found uh, the uh, ROM for Cooley Skunk on a Satellaview uh, cartridge. Well, this was the weird, sto- weird part of the story because I was on Twitter and it was like, real quick, we got to raise 500 bucks to get this game. And at the time I was like, well, what did they find someone, some collector that had it? It was in a store. Yeah, it was in a store. It was on a Satellaview cartridge. In Japan. And it even said what was on it. Um, whether they knew they had something or didn't or didn't care, who knows. But uh, the money was raised. They got it. They dumped it. Apparently, at one point in time... This was Force of Illusion, we have to say, that yes. brought it to our attention. Um, at one point in time, this was apparently uh, streamed over Satellaview as a demo. Um, you can play, I believe it's the first three levels, and it kicks you back to the title screen. But a little bit of hacking uh, shows that the full game is there, and you can actually play it through to the end credits. So the entire original... Super Nintendo Punky Skunk that was never actually released um, does exist in a full, complete um, form. Um, Gaming Alexandria has a great write-up on it that can give you all the details, all the twists and turns. Oh, was that Super Potato? It was Super Potato Store. Okay. And Akibara. <laughs> and like I said, it's, it's, uh, it's a little bit tough for me to follow entirely. I've read this story through twice. Um, but it's interesting to find out Uh, There's a neat little quote here that says, uh, just a a highlighted quote in the article, the design of the main character, Cooley, and his fart attack were both at the order of Visit, Visit being the company that, uh, the the developer that made the game. They told us this incorporated the opinions of North American buyers. So they did some market research saying we want to see a a skunk attack. We want to see a fart skunk. Well, we want a fart skunk game. When you look at it on YouTube, there's a video here. It is a cute little skunk wearing like a like a red suit, like like track suit. It looks like, and yes, when you swing the tail, a purple little cloud comes out on the attack. Yeah, would you want to play as 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 a skunk in a in a, in a platformer like this? Sure, I think he's kind of cute. Just like in the you know, just like with Rocky Rodent and all the you know, bu- uh, uh, Bubsy and all the Sonic knockoffs that came out around the time. It's like, oh, let's get a cute animal ma- mascot that attacks. That's what the American market says. Give us the rodents that smell. With their farts. I don't know if he... Well, he dresses better than Rocky Rodin. Rocky Rodin was trying too hard. I think it was style. Brought was. up an entire generation of furries with weird fetishes. You think so? You think there's someone that... Farty, has, farty skunks. You think you have that one punky skunk uh, person, who furry out there, who's like, oh my God, this is the best day ever? You know, Possibly. Okay. All right. I'm not judging. Um, <laughs> I just think this is such... So many things had to fortunately happen for this to be discovered. Obviously, someone had to be shopping that day. And, and see it in the store. Second, they had to recognize that it was actually something important. Because if I'm walking past that, I might I might be able to recognize. Oh, it's it's a it's a BSX cartridge. I might say, okay, so it's a Teleview cartridge. Then I got to realize, oh, it says, especially in another language. Oh, it's a, it's it's a it's a coolie skunk or punky spunk on it. So you have to recognize that punky spunk. Huh? What punky spunk? That's, that's another one. Uh, so you have to recognize it that it's Cooley Skunk. You got to re- see the cartridge, recognize that it's a game, and then have the wherewithal to know this game didn't come out. I better buy this. So like, unless the the person working there told them that, it's just this is like a very fortunate finding because this could be the only one we know about. Like this could be, this is great. 
let's let's applause the people that found this. Who actually found this? They, they, they we want a sandwich. It was secured by user Bill Cat Socks, and a fundraiser <laughs> was put together that successfully reached our goal to cover the cost of the cartridge within only one hour. I mean, I guess you could take the risk and buy it, but then what if it's not? Then you're kind of screwed if it's not on there because it, maybe it's not on there. Maybe it was, you know, what I mean, it was written over. You know what I mean? Let's uh, let's shout out these folks who donated: VZ Blade, Nijimari, <laughs> Robo Tortoise. Uh, <laughs> You have betrayed me, Little Tune Cat, Leaky Comet, Banzicoot, Gauch Artist, Buffalo Weeks, B. Michael M. D. John, Moss Mouth, Kelsey Lewin, Hey Kelsey, Retro Romper, Frank Cifaldi, that guy, Carnival, Oki Dragon, and Cauterize. Yeah. Way to go. And we, special thanks for to Sanmai Washi for helping to preserve and dump the game. You can get the ROM at the GamingAlexandria.com uh, link, which I'll put there. Which I guess they're associated with Forest of Illusion there, and this is great. It's like happening the other week now, and this is like the fourth Satella uh, game that's been dumped in the past like two years. There was the Kirby one or two. There was that uh, other weird ass um, oil one, uh, that Konami one. The there was there's that's not Satella. Oh, was Satella view? No. Okay, there's been like three or four of these that, that have been been found. Yes, unfortunately, there can be neat things on these cartridges. Absolutely, this is fantastic. I wish we had this service here. I would have begged and begged my dad. But then I would no, I wouldn't play in Tie Fighter CD instead. I would have been playing this. I moved on. Pat was too mature for console gaming in 1995. 96. That was you know, yeah. Give me those. Give me those. Uh, the wave of the future, Ian. Full motion video and games. That'll that's gonna pick up and be here forever. Yeah. 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 Well, you remember how many times you see Tia Carrara's uh, game? Um, remember that Daedalus Encounter game? Uh, she's like yeah. sci-fi game with her. That was a wave of the future. Movie stars and video games? Mm. Yeah, well, now they just voice them. All right, moving on, Ian. Let's see anything else to add here. No, I don't. In other awesome prototype video game news, Ian, something that uh, most of us weren't aware of, I was not aware of this, a, a screen, controller screen for the N64 c- controller was, uh, was, de- was developed, early developed, a prototype resurfaced, resurfaced after 20 years. And what this is was you you want to say this acted like a VMU. It was a, it was a, a LCD, a black and white little screen you popped into the top of your controller, where you pop in a rumble pack, and the little display for games. So originally this was uh, spoken about in an EGM issue uh, way back. Uh, on the page, this is why it's important. On the page there was two uh, articles. The top of the uh, Top of the page was Sega's secret system developers to get black belt uh, stations. On the bottom, N64 secret screen exposed. And it was a short interview uh, with the inventor (laughs) of the game handler uh, joystick, uh, Dane Galden, who uh, came up with uh, this creation. A mini screen that plugs into the port on the bottom of an N64 controller and allows you to select plays in sports games, all while uh, hiding your st- strategy from your opponents. So it's it's just a little add-on. It's like a second. It's like a, a DS screen or a certain a second add-on you can look at. Oh, I can look at plays. It's and, like the VMU on the Dreamcast. Yes, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, it's exactly. It was used for the same thing, but um, it was thought of before the VMU. That's what's yes. so interesting about this. Uh, he says, this, uh, this idea goes back to my game handler days, my NES, Super NES days. That's when I came up with the concept, but I had to wait until the processors became more sophisticated and do multitasking. Uh, I may do it for the PlayStation, but Nintendo had the built-in port for their controller. They have the 8-bit bus on their bottom, blah, 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 blah. Um, so he was hoping to get this out as an item. Obviously, you had to get developers to buy into this in order to incorporate. But this, was a, this is a handy idea. 
So the theory is that the theory, the working theory, I don't know how true it is, is that Sega, people working at Sega, saw this article. They saw their article, then on the bottom of the screen, <laughs> they saw this about the screen, and because of that, they thought of the idea for the VMU. That's this crazy theory. Who knows if it's true or not, but this is, this is you know, three years before the, you know, this is years before the Dreamcast. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it could be possible, you it, know. It could be. Um, and the... Uh, idea for it came about when uh, this guy was playing sports games uh, with his brother and his brother would sneak a peek at... Uh, An asshole Kevin sneaking a peek at the... Yeah. Y- y- Bet you his brother's name is Kevin. Probably the name Kevin. Not, you yeah, know. trying to cheat a little bit and, and, and catch a glimpse of the plays that they're picking. Um, and that's one of the that was the VMU was honestly it was underutilized at, in the end on the Dreamcast, but um, one of the truly useful uh, applications for the VMU was when playing um, the sports games like the NFL 2K series. You could pick your plays without anyone else seeing. Excuse me, Jeez Louise's. Jeez Louise's. Jeez Louise's. So this came back into the public eye because uh, a Twitter user uh, Shane Batye um, shared some pictures of it. Um, Along with you know some of the history of it, and shows it, and the pictures he has shows it being functional. Like you can see uh, some on his Twitter, you can see like a picture of the world right. on it. Uh, the next picture, you, can, you you can see plays from a the football game. You can barely make out, but you can see like the little dots and yeah. lines on it uh, there. So the thing works, and um, there was even a product outline. So so what happened was there was an eBay listing. This totally went under the radar. I did not we didn't talk about this on podcast. I didn't hear anyone talk about this. Uh. January 2018, only two years ago, this came up for auction for starting bid $5,000 or $10,000, buy it now uh, there. And then it was the eBay uh, listing was then taken down because probably someone made an offer on it for probably several thousand dollars here and got it. And now, so now you have these pictures coming out, I'm guessing from the source that uh, bought it potentially uh, years later, I guess, uh, here. Uh, we don't have the information on, 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 the, on where these pictures came from, I don't believe uh, here. Um but at least this stuff is showing up. We know this this existed, and it's good that this was preserved and saved. So that's fantastic uh, here. And uh, yeah, it's just another great find. That's I don't I didn't hear about this at all. No. I'm, I'm trying to think if, if this had come out for whatever, maybe it was like twenty thirty dollars, whatever a Rumble Pack cost back then. Was it like twenty bucks for a Rumble Pack? Thirty bucks, maybe a little more more, more money. Would Nintendo had a would would they have bought into the idea? Probably not. I don't think they would have. Um, Nintendo doesn't generally support third-party stuff like that, and even Sega. I mean, that's radically different because I mean, yeah. it was third-party Rumble packs, right? Well, yes, but that was a that was based on something that, that Nintendo had already did. Gotcha. And even the Rumble Pack, it's not like Nintendo supported that wonderfully. I mean, I, I don't think it was used, you know, to to you know, I don't think it was used in very often at all in Nintendo stuff. Um, and then, like I said, flash forward to the Dreamcast. Uh, they thought Sega thought this was a neat idea and did one, you know, themselves and supported it miserably. Uh, you know, it's, it's just it's one of those ideas that sounds cool, but in, in practice, but in practice, how much can you actually use it for? And when you're like in a development cycle and you've got to get these games out, are you really going to dedicate time to people, you know, programming something f- for this? That's like I said, especially if it's third party, that how many people are actually going to pick up? I mean, you know, the, the memory card for the Dreamcast was a VMU and they still didn't. I mean, everyone had one and they still didn't use it. 
it was a cute little thing. You had little mini games on some of it for some of the games. You, you know, you had some animation. There was a handful or yeah. like, yeah, a little but, logo or animation that popped up on the screen. It was just like representing a, the game you were playing. A beefed up memory card, though. <laughs> and, and this goes back to what I always say. Sony about, had the pocket station that didn't even come oh, out right. over here, and I mean that that wasn't used very much at all. I think it comes back to neat I, ideas that just never panned out. Yeah, I, I think it comes back to what I always maintain is that it's very unintuitive and unfun to look back and forth from your TV, what you're looking at, and your controller. It just is. It's distracting, and unless it's a slower type of game, like it probably even could, the Wii U didn't do it very often. Yes, they didn't really do it. Unless it's like two screens really close, like on a 3DS or DS, sure. where you can see it right there. It's just not It's not immersive. It's just not fun. If you have to move your neck, that's the problem. If you just have to flick your eyes up and down, it's not such a big deal. But it's still not as immersive. I thought when the Wii U was first announced, I thought there'd be all these cool uses for it with having multi, like um, having multiplayer games where you're doing different things with on the screen versus, versus the tablet. They didn't do that almost at all. So... It, it, the nuts and bolts of video game playing is look at one place and play. Like, that's unfortunately what it is. And what do they do when you're playing multiplayer Madden nowadays with two people on the screen? Oh, I think you, cl- you click the button. So you, you have a choice of, like, five plays, so your, your opponent doesn't know which of the five plays you, you That's what I'm do. fairly certain it is, yeah. Or, like, hotkey it. That makes sense. I wish people play online these days, so it's not even that big of a deal. They just have their own screens. Okay, there you go. All right, well, this is great for, for video game preservation. Um, hopefully, it's it's obviously it's taking what we're taking care of. We have the history of it. I would love if there was a, a follow up on someone interviewed at Sega to say like, oh yeah, we saw that article. We were developing <laughs> the Dreamcast. And we're like, this is a cool idea. We're going to take this and do it ourselves because sometimes you know inspiration happens like that. All right, Ian, with some some uh, other news out of we missed this out of CES as well. Um, this so there's the Super Retro Champ. <clears throat> it's a portable. Uh, coming out by uh, My Arcade, uh, plays Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis cartridges. Um, my first thing I'm going to say is fuck My Arcade. Uh, they uh, recently released a, a Don Doko Don uh, portable uh, that used a stolen fan translation of one of the games. No credit. They only edited it to take the credits out. Um, what, what type of game is this? Don, what is it? Don Doko Don. Don Doko Don. So that's gross. Don't support them. Um, so I did a dedicated handhold for this one game. For these three retro games, and okay. the f- translation that they used for the one game was a fan translation that they only edited enough to take the credits out of. So they can eat shit. <sighs> um, it's gross. You're disgusting. Um, hopefully, hopefully they got a, f- a free handheld, at least. They've shipped them a free handheld. Yeah, but anyways, <laughs> so they're making this system uh, that's interesting only because it handles... Uh, Genesis and Super Nintendo cartridges, and I, but this uh, was a follow up to the Retro Champ, which I didn't even hear of. No. Where um, that came out, I guess last year, where it was um, a, a dual. Co- What's strange about this is the screen is huge. It's a huge screen. It's it looks like a tablet. It's awkward. But then the the, the game ports are on both top and bottom. So on the Retro Champ, the top was NES, the bottom was Famicom, and now in this new Super, uh, the Super Retro Champ, the top is for your Super Nintendo, the bottom's for your Sega Genesis. So you get both your 16-bit major consoles on there. It looks awkward to use. Yeah, it doesn't look like it's that comfortable. The triggers are on the back, which I actually like, where you would have your uh, pointer fingers <coughs> uh, for your Super Nintendo triggers. The buttons uh, the buttons just look so dominated by... I mean, it's literally like a, it's a, a rectangle tablet with curved 
uh, uh, curved corners. There's a lot of wasted space here. A lot of real estate on this tablet. Yeah, and it shows it um, in 16.9 as well, which is awful. It's a horrible way to play your games. Uh, I would hope that there's an option that lets you put it to 4.3. I'm sure they would have to do that. Um, But even then, when you put it in 4.3, it's just going to accentuate how much space there is on this thing. It's a seven-inch screen, according to this article. I'm having a tough time picturing seven this inches. being comfortable to use. Um, I don't know. Seven-inch screen. That's gigantic for one of these. Looks I, like they release a lot of junky trash. There's a kickstand on the back. I guess it's standing up because there's an HDMI uh, out on the back to, to have it play on a TV. Um, this thing looks gigantic. This does not look small. This is this is a big. This is like, this is, looks like it's taller than it looks like the switch. Maybe not as wide as the switch. Maybe almost uh, as the switch. Uh, postulating in this article, Gizmodo about the battery life being the screen is is, I mean, giant screen. This is like the biggest screen I've seen like on one of these, um, you know, uh, aftermarket retro uh, handhelds here. Uh, but they they promise seven hours of gaming. Okay, eating up those batteries, or it's gonna be rechargeable. Uh, there, that's that's that all. Would be rechargeable. Okay, uh, that's good. Uh, there, HDMI out. It's going to be a hundred and ten dollars and available later this year. Uh, is it a hundred and ten dollars with those controllers or without them? Because a hundred ten dollars, that's that's a pricey. That's a little bit pricey for this. <clears throat> the uh, Hyperkin's sort of comparable thing is these uh, um, the Superboy. And that usually runs for about a hundred. A hundred, and they sell. They sell. That's so I think there's probably a, a market for this somewhere. But but the Superboy looks. It's ergonomic. It looks like a Super Nintendo controller, which is cute. Look, look, look the general it's shape. It's big and fat, though. It's big and fat. It's big and fat. <laughs> but at least it it looks like cute. This looks so sterile. The design that maybe that's the cheapest part. So we'll just we'll just find a tablet that pre-exists, maybe, and we'll just add on some the. Uh, some little buttons here and there, and you know, that's that's just my first thoughts. Is I've never seen them. I've never seen a product like this make so little effort to make it as non-ergonomic as possible. Like looking at something like this. Hey, kids, remember your youth. Buy this shit. <laughs> but that's all nostalgia, Ian. Fucking dump on an assembly line. That's every Funko Pop that ever came out. Let's remember. <sighs> remember, remember this '80s thing. Well, now here it is in a little. Bulbous head little toy. Nostalgia is a poison. <laughs> yes, to some extent. But it's no, it's a drug. It's not a poison. Well, drugs can be poison. Just like your ecstasy dream there. All right, anything else to add? I don't know how we missed out on the on the original one last year. I, do, I just don't uh, here. Can you cook up an extra controller? Or you got to use the Bluetooth ones with this. They were asleep at the wheel. We were, uh, no memory card slot. Okay. No so- USB. No USB, no onboard memory, so that'll kill the market slab because people like to hack these and obviously put your own ROMs on them. Um, so I'm always, I'm always sort of, uh, I, I love to meet. I mean, it's a very particular market of someone that would want a handheld uh, like this, but still use the clunky old cartridges because then it's yes. not, it's not really portable at that point. You can't put in your book bag and take a bunch unless you have a flash card. You're not going to be putting your ten Super Nintendo games in a backpack. We're kind of. I feel like I'm surprised that the Superboys even sell. But, That's been out uh, for like what six years. Oh, they've got a least. bunch of revisions of it. Okay, um, but yeah, I, we're kind of beyond that point where like at, there was a point in time where that was very neat having these portables that play the extra cartridges, uh, the actual cartridges. But 
we're, we're past. I, that. I feel like we've yeah we've moved past it. Oh, it's been out. Superboy's been out for only three years. I thought it's been longer than that. It was I think 2016. It's been out there. Okay, and you can get a Superboy on Amazon. They're 130 on Amazon. I've seen them at 100. 130 on Amazon on Prime. That's I don't know who the sellers, but it's 130 Prime. Uh, the most recent revision is the Black Gold, and I know we have it for 100. Okay. And the battle only plays one console, not two. I'm sure it does. Right? Uh, oh, they have an adapter for Game Boy Advance in that or no? Whatever, it's all trash. <laughs> all right, uh, moving on. Uh, Ian. Yes, Pat. Do you have any gambling habits? No, as a matter of fact. Is that your one vice you don't do? It, it, one vice? Interesting, interesting fact about old Ian here. Uh, doesn't like gambling. Really? I don't like gambling. Um, That's like my one main vice. I'm not into gambling. Uh, I don't hold it against people who do, but I don't. Every once in a blue moon, I might buy like a scratch off. We're talking like once every like three years. Oh, really? I might buy so a, I scratch a scratch off. I just do a Mega Millions. Every uh, or if I like stop at the airport in Las Vegas, I might throw a five dollar bill into like the slot machine or something. Okay, but. Uh, in general, I don't go to casinos. I don't gamble. Um, I they did like play poker. Po- I did play oh. poker for a while when I still lived in oh, Buffalo. Wow. I really enjoyed it. I was actually pretty good at it. Made some money. Um, but, just, just home games? Yeah, just home games. But uh, no, at one point, I just realized that I don't really find gambling thrilling. And I just I stopped. I probably haven't gambled in any meaningful capacity in like 20 years. Okay. Uh, I don't count playing the lottery. That's just that's just the dumb tax. That's just you're not going to get your money back. I mean, sure. not one person will, but um, you know, you do a Powerball ticket once a month. Maybe I'll do that, or making the one there's more money. All right, either way, Ian, gambling can be very addictive, and it can sort of like you know, like any other thing addictive, it can sort of change the chemistry in your brain potentially, and you know, you get those highs of dopamine rushes from playing blackjack. I love blackjack or craps. So England's top mental health nurse. I came out recently and said games push kids into gambling habits. England's top mental health nurse, I don't know her name yet, uh, oh, Claire Murdoch, that's a very British name there, English name, uh, wants game re- publishers to restrict microtransaction sales to children because of its possible relation to gambling. Released a report that calls for fair and real realistic spending limits on loot boxes and for gaming publishers to give consumers a percentage chance they have of obtaining the items they want before they purchase. The report also calls called for some serious reckoning reckoning, I love that word, on behalf of the video game industry, we've been saying that for like three years they gotta self-police, calling the gaming industry to face up to responsibilities to protect players from potential harms and an industry levy to support independent research on long-term effects of gaming. Frankly, no company should be setting kids up for addiction by teaching them to gamble on the content of these loot boxes, Murdoch said. No firm should sell to children loot box games with this element of chance. So, yes, those sales should end. But, yes, uh, <coughs> Fair Nurse Claire, which is also the, the night nurse name, I believe, in Marvel, right? Claire, yeah. Rosario Dawson? Yeah. Oh, Rosario Dawson. Um, Pretty lady. Companies don't give a shit about people's mental health when they're trying to make money for the most part, unfortunately, or physical health for that matter. Because you can just ban, we can go out and ban Drake's cakes from being sold. Most of us would be better off, but companies don't care. And I love Drake's cakes, by the way. Um, but I want a snowball. The difference is that gambling is illegal. It has to be regulated, you know, especially for children. Food items, you know, for the most part, you're okay with that. You want a snowball? Yeah, I haven't had a snowball in like thirty years. Neither have I. I don't know why I, I the don't fuck like, I want one. I, right I don't now. usually don't usually like the marshmallow treats. I usually don't go for them. 
Anyway, so are you surprised about this? I mean, we're a year in from the U.S. Senator trying to have that bill introduced to ban microtransactions in the U.S. I know in the in Europe they're far ahead of us, clamping down on this stuff and banning uh, some loot box stuff in certain countries and really heavily regulating them. We're behind. We're always behind Europe when it comes to this stuff. Uh, our bureaucracy is a lot more wieldy in all the states and everything. Unwieldy. So what do you think, Ian? Is this obviously common sense? Just like, oh, yeah, yes, of course. I would say this is common sense. <laughs> We're not shocked by this. <laughs> no, we nothing about this is shocking. We don't need, we don't, we don't need a... Lots of people these days presenting evidence like it, or, you know, things like it's shocking. It's like, oh, it's not. It's not. There's well, nothing shocking about this. Well, sometimes you don't need evidence. I mean, obviously, like when people were still heavily, heavily, heavily smoking in like the, you know, the 40s, 50s, and even 60s, reports were starting to come out that, yeah, this is bad. It's going to give you cancer. But but at some point, I mean, doctors must have known this is bad. People are dying and coughing up a lung. Feel it percolating. Feel it percolating? Feel that cancer percolating, yeah. So, I mean, I mean, this is one of those on its face, like, yeah, this is, we don't need a study for this. But the studies help the, it helps get it across to the people legislating. That's the thing. It's like the people that are stubborn or have, you know, don't want, don't want to get off their butts and, and make and make and enact laws. Um, this, this, this is from the IGN article. This comes three months after, uh, the NHS opened a clinic for gaming addiction. Wow. And then this is less than a year after the World Health Organization announced that gaming disorder will be classified as a disease in 2022. Uh, up to 15 new gambling clinics. Wow. Will be available in England to address people aged 13 to 25. Like the Betty Ford Clinic. Who are struggling with mental health addiction in topics related to social media and video games. What do they just have you play board games with each other? That's a great idea. The Tyler Blevins Clinic for gaming addiction. <laughs> There's nothing... <laughs> You're not allowed to call our pal Ninja by his first name. I can call him whatever the fuck uh, I want. Board games would be great because you socialize and interact and have to you, you have to be on like the same page and it's an honor system. Board games bring the bring people together. Like, I've yeah. seen them tear people apart. Well, too. Monopoly is bad for tearing people apart. Risk, risk, risk. I don't think we played a good game of Risk ever. Oh God, let's play some Risk. My 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 friends and I we've we, we've we've had some notorious Risk games. The National Health Service of England here. They're, they're, they're clamping down here. Young people's health is at stake, and although the NHS is stepping up with these new innovative services available to families through our learned, long-term plan, we cannot do this alone. So other parts of society must do what they can to limit risks and safeguard children's well-being. Yes, like the parents. The parents can just smack the controller out of, out of the kid's hand and say, okay, go outside and play. You know, Go fly a kite. Do kids fly kites anymore? No, they don't do it anymore. No. They don't, they, don't. they don't make soapbox racers anymore. No, this isn't the 1950s. They don't do it anymore. It's a shame. I never flew a kite as a kid. I always asked for, I wanted a stunt kite. Remember stunt kites? Mm-hmm. All I wanted was a stunt kite, Dad. They're, they're expensive, like, man. They're like 20 bucks. No, they're expensive. Stunt good, kites a, were, were... A good stunt kite. In the, in the 90s, I'm talking about. It's going to cost you some cheddar. Two-handed controls on a stunt kite? Some, some crisp lettuce. You, you had a stunt kite? No, I did not. I did not have a stunt kite. Let's buy let's buy a CU podcast stunt. My kite. friends and I did take our skateboards though, and we would go up behind the uh, bagel shop, and we would grab the uh, milk crates, and okay. we would put them on top of our skateboards, and we would sit on them, and we would race down the hill like soapbox racers. That okay. was actually a shitload of fun. Very dangerous. Very, very dangerous. Very, lots of wipeouts. Lots, lots of blood. Of, yeah. Lots of knee scuffing. Yeah. Going on. Yeah. A little scabbing. Mm-hmm. A little scabbage going. Throwing on. pine cones at each other and shit like it was Mario Kart. Oh really? <laughs> it was a good time. Any kids get like broken arms or legs? No, no, no broken arms. Maybe maybe a mild concussion here or there. Just you know, 
you know, uh, gravel right. burden or whatever. Kid, kids shouldn't it. gamble. That's the bottom line. And companies stop making money off of kids gambling. I know it's tough. You know, you want you want your your second yacht, but come on, let's stop. Let's stop it here. All right, moving on. Slap my ass and feed me funyuns. Ninja has got a skin in Fortnite. Well, part of the Fortnite Icon series. We're part of the. What's was the official battle royale? He's podcast. an icon. So we got to report on this. He's an all capitals icon. <laughs> Our pal Ninja is the, the first, right? Mm-hmm. He was teasing an announcement. He has an Adidas shoe deal. Good, good for him, Adidas, Adidas shoe deal. Um, he's, he's getting paid probably tens of millions of dollars for his switch to Mixer. We don't know, but that's what people think, that it's like eight figures. Um, so it's a skin uh, with, uh, with alternate styles. You can have a masked ninja. It's got his blue hair. It has, I hate to say this, back bling swords, a mining tool, more swords, and he has a signature pon-pon dance as an emote. This is going to cost cost you $15 for the skin, $8 for the mining tool, $8 and three, $3 for the emote. So between 21 and 24 bucks if you're buying it all in bulk. Uh wow. Uh we know that Ninja's probably getting a cut of that or at least up front they paid him a ton of money to to license it. I will point out just because you uh you have the wow face the wow face. Um, you gonna blow me away with something even worse? No, uh, actually. Uh, so there isn't like a premium on his skin, as far as I can tell. That's, that's just a standard. <clears throat> a lot. Of, there are some cheap skins you can get, but yeah, that, I don't think that's more expensive than some of the most expensive skins. Um, keep in mind, Fortnite is a free game. I they, get it. They make their money off of this. The first time I booted up Fortnite and looked at skins, I got sticker shock because there are some that I think are even like close to twenty. Um, I was thinking under ten dollars. No, they're not. Or, or no, six. This is absolutely in line with what they cost. So the mining tool, eight dollars. That's anyone you can mine with whatever. It's just a, a skin for your mining tool. It's just a skin for your mining tool. Keep remember, like it's like we've talked about before. None of this affects game gameplay. Play. It's all cosmetic, which is fine. Three dollars for the emote. That seems reasonable. That's the bargain. What's it? Here, I'm, I'm of two thoughts. It's great to actually pay someone for an emote because you know, obviously, Epic Games has gotten in trouble for maybe, sure, maybe taking dances from you know rap videos and hip hop artists and other people, and you know, and Fresh Prince of Bel Air, maybe, you know, and so this is good. Uh, this is the beginning of their icon series, which will span creators from games, music, and entertainment. So they've done skins before. This article talks about there was a John Wick uh, uh, skin. Uh, or, or, or like Keanu Reeves, there's Marvel ones that don't don't look like the uh, the movie stars. So they probably get away with not paying the movie stars that you know. There's Black Widow, Star Lord, <laughs> Batman, Catwoman. There, but this is the first for like you know a real you know an actual out of, based on a person, not a character. Right. So this is interesting. So is there a market for a lot of this? Um, yeah, in this day and age, this is how Epic Games has been ingenious. Creating a game that's now been out for not it's been out for what two years, a little over two years, right? And they've managed to keep it going with uh, doing their in-game events and doing different marketing uh, campaigns with various movies. And now the people that help promote the game, the influencers, are now in the ecosystem to keep it going and make them more money and make themselves money. They're the first. This is the first game to really do something like this on this scale, especially if they continue going. It's ingenious. There'll probably be a Drake skin. There'll be other 
uh, people on Mixer and, and Twitch that get their own skins or probably be YouTubers uh, that get their own skins. So, yeah, why not? So, in other exciting icon news. <clears throat> okay, I want to do the oatmeal face by accident. Uh, Master P, Percy Miller. Um has uh, his uh, brand of Rama noodles, wrap noodles. <laughs> no, uh, is it just wrap noodles? Well, there's wrap snacks. Oh, I've been on this wrap noodles train for a while. I'm very excited. <laughs> very, very excited. Wrap um, uh, noodles icon series. Uh, you're going to get a masterpiece spicy gumbo chicken, creamy gumbo. Uh, Boozy's got like a spicy chicken, and I think E40's got, uh, I think E40's got beef prime rib. This has happened in December. This is recent. No, that's when it was announced. Uh, word on the street is, uh, according to Percy, uh, these were uh, these hit Walmart shelves last Friday. I don't like Walmart, um, but I'm kind of tempted to go see. However, I've I've tried to find it online to buy some. I'm very excited, Pat. I think I know you think I'm joking. I'm not. Uh, Masterpiece wrap snacks. His potato chips are fucking delicious. So I have lots and lots of faith in his ramen noodles. Um, <laughs> Wait, is he is he formulating the, the, himself? He's, yeah, is, is so, his personal recipe for the ramen? I mean, maybe. So I just want to hear a few things that Master P has to say about his noodles. Uh, the icon, uh, the Master P wrap noodles icon series. Uh, Chef Boy RP, I grew up on noodles. I created my own brand. Start small and build. Get you some product if you want to be successful. It's true. Uh, it's nothing like this New Orleans flavor creamy chicken and gumbo. You can cook it on the stove or you can put it in the microwave. Okay. It's true. As you are wont to do with ramen. Uh, think outside the box. Get you some product and expand your brand. The guy's actually talking good business sense. You have to hey. diversify. Hey, you got to sell some stuff. 50 Cent with the vitamin water. He was the first one on that train. He sold it for uh, a ton of money. We, we went from wrap snacks to wrap noodles. God is good. Nothing beats a failure but a try. So, anyways, uh, I'm just thinking about because the uh, the packaging <laughs> says icon on it and displays the wrapper, much like wrap snacks do. I'm far more excited about Master P's wrap snacks icon uh, ramen noodles than I am anything could nin- that anything Ninja could ever fucking do in his life. Um, You're not gonna buy the icon Adidas uh, sneakers, whatever the hell is putting. No, it? but as soon as I can order a fucking case of these online, I'm ordering them because I know they're going now, to be just fine. Is this out of respect for Masterpiece Business Savvy, or the fact that you like ramen, or, or a combination? I think it's all of it, really. You just you're just blown away. Yeah, you're like, I want my own ramen. He's now. not a very good rapper, but I mean, the man made very. Made, he has a very good potato <laughs> chip. He brand. flopped in WCW. Yeah, with, with his good. stable, um, they made they unfortunately who, made Booker T uh, GI Bro for like five months, and no one gave a shit. Like, what the hell, Booker T rules? Why are you making him GI Bro? Yeah, get rid of it. Um, uh, you know, back then. Yeah, so ninety eight, ninety nine. He's not the CEO of Rap Snacks anymore. Okay, are we totally off of the ninja? Yeah, we are. Okay, I don't okay. care. I'd much rather talk okay. about Master P. Um, <laughs> the uh, CEO's James Lindsay. Uh, I don't know if James Lindsay is behind this. Oh, that's right. I'm. I'm fucking excited. Uh, Rap Snacks, uh, the icon series for Rap Snacks, they have just introduced Notorious B.I.G. cookout barbecue sauce flavor. <laughs> From the Notorious B.I.G. estate, getting in on the action there. Absolutely. That's fantastic. Um, they do make the best honey barbecue potato chip in the world. Uh, they, used to be honey Lil, barbecue potato chip. It used to be Lil Romeo, but now it's just Romeo Miller. Um, but he okay, has uh, barbecuing with my honey. Okay. It's delicious. Okay. Anyways, if 
Percy Miller would like to send me a box of wrap snacks, I'll take them. Okay, we can move on now. How about like an L Cool J Fudge Brownie, maybe? We'll get in. No, no, man, no. They do popcorn. Just popcorn? They do popcorn. They keep it simple. Anything in a bowl. They do popcorn, they do potato chips, no and they have some cheese puffs. No chocolate pretzels? Nope. No chocolate pretzels. It's not, that's more like dessert than snack? No. Crossing the line there? Uh, yeah. All right, you're making you're gonna make my editing a little more tougher that's this fine. week, but that's, that's 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 fine. You'll be napping, but uh, okay, um, okay. Well, there you go. It's iconic. All of this. That's the thing. You create a you create a product. You just say it's icon series. And you add whatever celebrities or that have nothing to do with what you're selling, and then it's 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 all there. We got we got to get in on this. Okay. We, we got to get in on that. All right. So we have a Patreon. You're skipping the, the semi-political topic. Uh, well, keep it short. It's a shorter no, podcast. I'm, I'm sick, and I and need Pat's to... got to edit. So. I have another podcast I got to do later today too, and I'm just I need a nap. Okay, um, we got a Patreon. This is the second time this has happened. How do you access the Patreon, person? Patreon.com/slash/cupodcast. Mm. You sign in using your credentials. You to log in, sign up. You give them your 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 name and a credit card, right? Um, we do this. Uh, we love you. We do this <laughs> podcast. You don't have to pay us anything, but if you would like to exchange money for services. Patreon's the uh, vehicle hey, that lets you do it. Keeps the LED lights on. Keeps them on. Us. There's like 12 in this room. Keeps them on. Keeps Even me like... in day quilt. Okay, so this is the second time historically we've had a Patreon poll topic that you, the pe- the patrons, vote on. Second time there was a tie for first and second place, where I had to go to the numbers and download it. So in third place, it was like 12% only. Sony skipping E3? Yes, because E3 doesn't matter really that much anymore. Shh. First place tied 46%. I had to download it, and it won by one vote. In second place, are console generations now over? Oh! Second place, and 46%. In first place, and 46% by one vote. Ian, what are some of your favorite favorite retro PC games looking back? I want to pull up my good old games account. I freaking love old PC games, man. And the more time goes on, the more I realize how much I like them and how much some of those games I can just go back to um, endlessly. I always mention Civilization, so I'm just going to bring up Civilization in passing because Civilization tends to be my answer all the time. Um, I have 50 games on good old games. I probably played two of them. uh, Doom 2. Uh, I mean, I know that seems like an easy answer, but I uh, Doom 2 is one of my favorite games of all time. Um, I go back and play it every couple of years. Uh, I am not one of my... Hell on Earth. One of my proudest gaming achievements, and I'm not much of a, a, a gamer. Um, I don't have... I, I, I'm not good at hard games, but beating Doom 2 on uh, Ultraviolet... So the hardest mode that's not well, they, Nightmare. Well, oh, not Nightmare where they respawn. Nightmare where they respawn. Yeah, the Ultra hardest violent one. is just tougher. Yeah, it's the toughest one without respawning. So it's, yeah. Uh, I beat that with no cheats. Uh, I was very proud of myself for doing it. And Doom 2 is tougher than the original Doom. Doom 2 is fucking hard. Some of those last levels Wait, are it's still like 80 guys on screen. You're getting like two frames a second. Yeah, and <laughs> uh, beating the icon at the end. Wow, icon? icon uh, yeah. Beating, Tyler Blevins is the boss? Beating, <laughs> Master P's <laughs> icon <laughs> of sin. Master P uh, has his ramen attack? <laughs> He's throwing ramen at you? It's Master P's head when you, when you clip through the wall. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you cheat. Poor Commander um, P. Uh, the XCOM games. I fucking love the XCOM okay. games. Uh, UFO no. and uh, Terror, of, Terror from the Deep. Those games are great. I feel dizzy. I am downright dizzy. Um, obviously, the point-and-click games. <clears throat> adventure I lo- games. I love adventure games. 
Um, I like to go back and do uh, Day of the Tentacle or uh, never, Sam and Max. Never got into Day of the Tentacle. I couldn't just wrap my head around oh, it. So I w- good. Love Sam and Max. So you like you like the Lucas Arts ones. I do. I actually so I, Lu- so I liked a lot of Sierra. As a matter of fact, I grew up as a proud badge wearing Sierra fan. But as I've gotten older, it's easy to look back at some of those Sierra games and be like, they didn't. You didn't need to do us like that, Sierra, with the fucking the unwinnable okay. situations. You didn't need to do well, it to us. They got rid of the unwinnable situations, but you just died a lot too. So the main difference between for people out there don't know the main difference between we'll say the LucasArts style of point click adventure games and, and Sierra LucasArts ones didn't get you into unwinnable situations. Well, the early some of the early ones did. Like, the early ones, yeah, yeah. Zach McCracken had unwinnable situations. Okay, I mean once you once you get to the CD-ROM era, once you get to like Fate of Atlantis. Yeah, I was going to say because I think the first Maniac Mansion even has unwinnable situations. Not many, but I think it does. Okay, I'm talking about like once you get to the early '90s. Yeah, like, once you get to like Sam and Max and shit like that. Yeah, Day of the Tentacle. I think they've pretty much largely done away with that. They get you in a situation where you get the puzzle solved, but <clears> the game's not going to end. There's not there's not like time limit stuff. You deal with, or if you use, they don't let you use items by accident and, and fuck yourself over. Like, like in like famously in games like Return to Zork, Zork. God damn it, King's Quest, where like yeah, they tell you, oh, an hour later, oh yeah, by the way, you fucked up, or two hours later, you gotta go back and restart the game. Well, they have save spots in those games at least. But you know who the fuck holds on to a fucking pie they get early on in the game? God damn, King's or, Quest. Or oh, I'm pie. sorry, I pulled out the root of the plant instead of digging it up. I'm sorry, I'm the asshole there. Sorry. But the, well, with LucasArts games, though, like even if you get beat up like Indiana Jones, you'll you'll be able to retry again, or you know what I mean. Like they do things like that in these games, so they make them a little more accessible. But sometimes those those puzzles are harder. At least when I was a kid, they were harder for me. Fate of Atlantis, Fate of Atlantis, I remember being harder than Sierra games, at least to me. So I love the Sierra games. Um, so I love um, I love Space Quest. Uh, obviously, I, I like if you want to say like the trilogy of stuff like uh, Leader Suit Larry, I, I, I like Police Quest, I like, but I love Space Quest. And it's a shame that this series has been dormant for so long. Because I think you can make... Okay, that was weird. Um, I, I set off my, my Siri. Siri wants to uh, play Space Quest. Yeah, because they're brilliant, they're funny, they, 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 they're, they're parodies of, of pop culture, Space Quest. You, when you die, you want to die in Space Quest because they're all hilariously done. The animations, even the old EGA days, yeah. they're, they're well done. And um, and there's a, there's usually a couple little action sequences put into the each each Space Quest game at the, the end of Space Quest Three. Spoilers is a giant Rock'em Sock'em robots fight, which is fantastic to me. Space Quest Three is the best of the entire series because the writing is so sharp in Space Quest Three uh, compared to the rest. And I love those. Obviously, uh, the LucasArts games as well. We talked about them, but the early the early uh, yes yes I love I love Doom. I love I love first person shooters. I, I love, uh, you know, I used to play Duke Nukem online even back in the day. But when you're talking LucasArts games, the brilliance of the all those early Star Wars games, and I mean brilliance of these, and they were made for, you know, teens and adults, not for kids. Uh, X-Wing, TIE Fighter, Dark Forces, Rebel Assault. Uh, we're talking all these games that really, uh, to me, separated largely the men from the boys when it came to these games. And that's one of the main reasons why I moved on from Super Nintendo and consoles to computers because, you know, you weren't getting TIE Fighter on a console, you know, on a Super Nintendo, or you weren't getting it. They they aired more on the side of arcade experiences versus Sims when it came to consoles, especially for space, you know, for space dogfighting games like that. And um, Dark Forces, that wasn't PlayStation well, but it was crap probably compared to the PC. Dark Forces was a revelation because it was... Be- <laughs> picture before Dark Forces, 
you know, Doom comes out, you're like, okay, this is cool. Wow, I can shoot stormtroopers now in first person. Holy shit. Holy shit. When are we going to go an entire podcast without Star Wars coming up? I don't know, but Dark Forces to me is not Star Wars. It's, it's more adult. It's a very... Kahaka Tarn is my, my, my dude uh, there. Um, you know, pre-Jedi crap uh, there. So that trilogy of games, I'll say. TIE Fighter. Rebel Assault was good too, but that was more of a simple, you know, still in full motion video to a little bit how you played in terms of the, the graphics, things like that to an extent you know, with the sprite work. And it's like a little gimmicky. What, Rebel Assault? Yeah, especially the second one, but yeah, they're it gimmicky. Mo- it was a lot of FMV. You know, you're on rails in those games, but TIE Fighter, the Holy Trinity, trilogy to me, tr- uh, Trinity, TIE Fighter, X-Wing, get the collector's CD versions on good old games, and then Dark Forces. Check them out. Those are fantastic. Obviously, there's a lot more I can talk about. I mean, you could consider Unreal Tournament retro. Yeah, I mean, the original sure. Unreal Tournament is 99. Great game. As much as you uh, don't want to admit it, there's a lot of things that we would not like to think of as retro that are okay. decidedly retro. Is 2004 retro still? To me, the... the, the <laughs> I'd the, say that's about... That's, that's, that's getting close to... That's about cut off. The hallmark of the series. Now, the original Unreal came out... Oh, let's see. That came out a year before Unreal Tournament. I was 98, I believe. Um, so Unreal... The original Unreal was, was a just a, you know, first-person shooter... Like with some open-ended adventure stuff, you're on an alien planet. You're like a prisoner has to escape. Many people don't talk about the, don't talk about the original Unreal, but obviously it came up with all the awesome weapons that would go on to the Unreal Tournament games. But that game it was my first real foray into first-person shooters multiplayer because I played it on a, the T1, the brand new T1 LAN at college with all my, all the people down the hall, all the hallmates. We we played eight-player uh, Unreal um, at the time. It was magical playing deck 16 back in like 1999 and it was pretty good with the lag because we had the T1 lag it was fantastic setting up we played for fucking hours that game brilliant game taking off people's heads with the razor jack the flat cannon the original sniper rifle back then before the scope Uh, well well, I mean you can scope but there was no scope on the rifle whatever we're all unreal nerds talking about this well, anyway, what's, what's the point? Oh, yeah, Epic Games is abandoning that franchise that's the point here anyway so it all comes back to that so anyway yeah um Good old games has sales every once in a while where it's like, that's why I have 50 games. I probably play two of them where it's like, you know, all these games are 85 cents. And then it knows in your wish list which ones go on sale. So you have to buy them because they're so cheap. Because you don't have to worry about DOSBox or anything like that. That reminds me that I grabbed the... Uh... Like, I have, all, I have all the Quest of Glory games on here somehow. I've never played a Quest of Glory game in my life. I know it's a good series. They must have been on sale for like $2 for all of them. So I bought, I bought them all. You know. Sorry, what? Uh, oh, Pi- I have Pirates Gold. Play Pirates Gold if you ever played Pirates. Bum, bum, bum. Pirates Gold is great. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, I recently got all the Gold Box uh, AD&D games. I'm going to have to play those soon. The ones from the 80s? Uh, it's yeah, like, from GOG. It's like four or five of them? It's 80s and early 90s, I think, yeah. Those go for a little bit of money. I have a few of them in the box. They're very fun. The last time I saw them at the Swap Me, I was so disappointed because they're all laid out there. They're nothing in the boxes. There was just literally like mint. Bo- I should have just bought the boxes. Looking back, I was like, no, you shouldn't have. There's no need for you to buy the boxes. Oh, I did it, though. So you I, don't I, need I, any more shit. I made a breakthrough. All right. So, you know, aren't you happy? I am. So, okay. Um, let us know. Oh, Worms Armageddon. I played that semi-competitively. Well, I mean. You I fucking racism. love Worms games. But but Armageddon was a sequel, right? That that was. Armageddon is probably, in my opinion, the peak of the series. Wasn't too much fluff. That was the third one, I believe. S- super sheep aside, it wasn't too much fluff. It seemed like it was the. Holy bl- Hand Grenade is wonderful. The weapons... And I haven't played a huge amount of, of Worms, but I do know that on that game in particular, the weapons seem very balanced. Mm-hmm. And you really had to be smart about, okay, do I use a shotgun to take them out? It's like, what? It's going to be like 
couple shots. The shotgun point blank, super sheep. Come on, super sheep. Was that your special weapon? I used weapon? to know like all the min max. Uh, I used I used to use the holy hand grenade as my special weapon. Super sheep was great because you could I used slide to know, like, around. The minimum and maximum of all the damages. Oh yeah, I used to know everything. Shotgun twenty five, fifty, or the, you know, machine gun. <laughs> if you hit every single bullet. Love that series. I used to uh, you you could incorporate your own sounds into the game. So I had all married children Al Bundy sounds. I remember, yeah, uh, in, in the game. So when he, you know he would yell out in pain when you got hurt. It was it was great. Uh, Worms Armageddon. Oh, God, I want to play Worms now. God, I got so out of any game. I believe Worms Armageddon. I would get the most pissed when I lost playing online versus any for some reason versus any first person shooter. You know, what I mean, it, Worms Armageddon pissed me off. You know why? You can see yourself the death coming. You had mm-hmm. to sit there while the the worm slowly crawled towards you. Slowly pick the machine gun or, or the or the ninja uppercut or what have you. Speaking of our friend Tyler. And you you cannot you could not prevent your death in worms. And a lot of it was just chance. You get knocked out by a grenade. Oh, you hit the top of the cliff and you fall into the water. Like a guy could have a full full life and you're in the mm-hmm. water, you're dead. Very frustrating game, very fun game. Go play Worms Armageddon if you haven't played Worms before. All right, is that it? That's it. We're done for this uh, CU podcast. I'm going home. Did I forgot to announce I'll actually be at PAX East? I think I actually forgot to say that. I will be at PAX East. He will be at PAX East. For the first time in two years, the third time in like five years. It's like every other year I go to PAX East. And that's at the end of February, early March, the last weekend. And then SoCal's coming back in the marching. Coming back, SoCal. Woo, woo. Now it's the SoCal Gaming Expo there. Woo, woo. All right, that's Ian. Yep. I'm Patty. Bye. We'll see you later.